Hey, we're back. This is the LMN Alumni Podcast. I'm Steven Sandberg. We're in the dog days of summer now, although it feels like summer just started, but I can't believe we're already at this point, and it means we're getting pretty close to college football season. Uh, I'm going to bring on our guest today to talk more about that, as well as the work that he does at the University of Texas, El Paso. It's football video coordinator for UTEP, Marvin Lewis. Marvin, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, doing great. Uh, you have been at UTEP for a couple years, and I know that camp is coming up in about a week as we record this. Are you excited to get the team back to camp? Yeah, I'm very excited. It's always interesting to see how the team looks when they get back from summer vacation, what kind of work they've put in and stuff. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what we, what we have to offer this year. Now, I'm curious if camp feels a little different this year because last year obviously we were right in the the peak of covid as we were getting ready for for college football season and and now that the vaccines are more readily available we're seeing a lot more things open up is there anything different about this year's camp compared to how it was a year ago yeah it's very different a lot of a lot less safety protocols that we have to follow if you're vaccinated um, you know, just, just a lot less stuff to worry about, I guess. We can kind of just do our job and not have to worry about all this, the outside stuff. Hopefully, I know there's this Delta variant going around right now, but, um, you know, it seems like it's going to be a lot more normal of a camp than it was last year. Yeah, getting back to normal, getting a chance to, to do do your job. And I think that's really exciting. So let's talk a little bit about your job. You are the football video coordinator for UTEP. Uh, when it comes to camp in particular, what does that involve? What do you need to do as a video coordinator when camp rolls around? Yeah, so this past month, um, I had a couple of, I, I have all student employees, and so I had a couple of students graduate. So uh, this past month's been trying to find people to replace them. Uh, I've got two students, so, you know, making sure I can get their, we have scholarships, so making sure we can get their stuff set up, uh, whether that be a couple classes or books or monthly stipend, just kind of divvying that up between the students and then once camp actually starts we're responsible for filming all practice and drills or whatever basically whatever they want us to film during camp and then up and that all for the coaches and then we're pretty much on call for anything they need that's film related so what does that mean to be on call for film for football what sorts of things are you being called called for uh to to get them video right away yeah so we um we have meetings all day during camp as you can imagine with, with football coaches. So it's early morning special teams meeting before we go out to practice, setting up that meeting room, making sure all the computers in the meeting rooms are ready to go for when they get off of the field. And then um, we also are responsible for um, running cut-ups of, of opponent's film. So our first opponent is New Mexico State this year. So they're going to be looking at that a lot during camp, looking at their folder. So making sure that we have all their folders and cut-ups set up how they want to look at it. So do they ask you for specific things on an opponent? Like, hey, we really want to see uh, what their defense does in this certain situation, or we really want to take a look at uh, their quarterback. Do you have to go and find specific pieces of video for the coaches? Yeah, but it's a lot easier for us because we'll I'll have them tell me what they want as the defaults for the season. And then once I make one uh, project of that, I just set the defaults for the season. So if they want to see, like, their third down and long or third down and short or what, however they want to break it down from the down and distance from formations. We, we can basically do any of that stuff through our system. So once they tell me exactly what they need, I just set it as a default and it's good to go for 
usually for the rest of the season unless they want to change stuff up, which doesn't happen too often, luckily. So how do you track down video like that? Do you have to manually go through video or is there a system you use where you can search for like specific situations or plays? So there's um, there's filters when you bring in the film. So the, the graduate assistants for uh, we call them GAs, but um, for graduate assistants, we they go through and break down all, all the opponent film that they're asked to break down from the coaches and our film. So then when I go in and filter, like if we want, you know, third down passes, I just go in and make those filters and it automatically runs a cut up based on the data that they put in the um, system. So it makes it really easy if you have uh, good GAs that know what they're doing and um, you know, it makes my job a lot easier. So luckily we've had that while I've been at UTEP. That's great. Yeah, that makes it really easy. You don't have to manually pop in uh, an old video cassette on a dusty VCR and uh, and fast forward through it, through the game until you find what you want. But it makes it a lot easier yeah, to have a I, system like that. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't think my job would have been as fun back in the day before we had all the technology that we have right now. No. So tell us a little bit more about the technology that you use on a day-to-day basis with your job. Yeah, so our system is DV Sport. Uh, there's two main ones that, are, actually, there's three, but two main ones at the like FBS level. DV Sport and Exos are the two systems. We're a DV Sport school, and so um, that's like our basically our database for all film, where you can look at all the games and all the projects that you want to have for any team, basically. Because it's and now we have open exchange. We used to have to ask permission for schools to exchange film, but um, recently there's been that transfer portal where the kids are transferring not crazy and it's hard to grab film on them so now it's open exchange between all the fbs schools so um yeah but dv sport is our system and it's pretty uh pretty easy to use it's it's tough at first learning it but once you get in the hang of it it's pretty much second nature for me now Now you mentioned in the past sometimes you'd have to ask teams for specific video did you ever get any pushback on that or was there uh, is that just kind of the the understanding is you just share film? There isn't any sort of pushback. Well, there there definitely is pushback a lot of times because, um, well, at least going directly to them, like if someone wanted to watch Alabama's film, sometimes co- sometimes coaches are kind of weird about exchanging that stuff, just because I don't I'm, I don't know the reasoning why they don't want us stealing stuff or whatever. But um, so in the past, like a lot of people would go to someone else that played against them or something like, Hey, can I get their game from 2015 against Auburn or something? Oh, wow. So you'd have to, you'd kind of, you'd kind of have to use a roundabout way because the system we used to use before had permissions where now with, like I said, with the transfer portal and um, you know, all the issues of people getting film now you it's just open exchange. So I can go into that system that they, that we use across the country and grab anybody's film that is on the FBS level. Well, that's, yeah, that makes things really easy. And uh, you don't have to worry about going that roundabout way and getting, you know, your, the people you have connections with at Auburn to get you Alabama's film. Now, now it's a exactly. lot more direct, it sounds like. Yeah, that that's the funny thing, too, is a lot of people go to their rivals and they'd be willing to share the film with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll tell you what Saban's doing. You know, here, yeah. why don't you take that and let us know how the game goes. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. So you're back at camp, or you're about to get back at camp in the next week. Are you excited? What is what is the feeling like for you when summer rolls around to that point and everyone's coming back uh, to the stadium and, and to the practice fields to get ready? Do you get excited for the start of football season? Oh, I, I'm always excited for the start of football season. I mean, it has been kind of nice having this little two week two week vacation right now, but uh, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to get back. I, I love 
mean, I've grown up with college football. My dad was a coach for my whole life, and we always looked forward to the falls, going to the games and stuff. And, I, and nothing's changed now, you know. And even when we're working the games, if we if we have some downtime before the game, I always have uh, like I have three TVs in my office. I always have all of them going just so I can see what else is going on around the country while I'm working and while we're getting ready to set up for our games. So I, I love I, I love the falls. One thing I've always noticed about football in particular, more than any other sport, is that it feels like there's an electricity when you're in the stadium or you're on the sidelines of the field before a game. It feels like a spectacle. Do you get that feeling when you're when you're there at the game and it's pre-kickoff? Do you get that feeling of 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 awe, I guess, and wonder, like when you're there at a game like that? Yeah, absolutely. It's always I I feel like college football atmosphere, no matter what school you're at. You know, obviously, I mean, not every school packs a stadium, but it's still with the fans that are there, especially for the opening game. It always feels like I, I agree with you with that electricity in the stadium. Fans are ready to go. Players are ready to go. Like everybody's ready for the season to start. And it's just uh, it's a good feeling. Do you find that it's challenging at all to balance the work that you do for the team and also being a fan of the team? Like, do you find yourself getting invested in the team when they win or lose, but you're also trying to do your job with video? Yeah, I mean, I I think that, um, again, it's different for everybody, but I think growing up around it, I kind of learned that, like, you know, professional when the game's going on if you're working it, but, you know, you can still be a fan. Because, you know, obviously you want your team to win what you're working for. But it's... Um, Sometimes it is tough when we're getting beat or if we're making mistakes and stuff, but I think that I do a pretty good job of keeping it professional and not, you know, not cheering on the sidelines or going crazy in the press box or something. You know, I, I keep it pretty professional. That's good. That's good. And you mentioned getting that sense when you were younger, kind of seeing behind the scenes uh, because your dad was a football coach. And where did your dad coach? Uh, well, he coached a lot of places. He, uh, <laughs> He was at Oregon State to start and then Western as a graduate assistant. And then he went to Western Oregon. And then he was um, a linebackers coach at Illinois, which they actually won the Big Ten in 2001 when he was there. That was the, the Illinois glory days. Um, and then they went. he went to New Mexico as the defensive coordinator. And then he was the defensive coordinator at UTEP, where I'm at now. And uh, for one year, he was uh, the defensive coordinator, uh, the UFL. It used to be a league. It was only a league for like two years. Oh, yeah. He went to the Hartford Colonials for that uh, for one year there. And then he was the D-line coach at San Diego State for five years. And then he was um, at Vanderbilt as the inside linebackers coach for four years. So with your dad having been a coach for so long, did you know when you were younger that you wanted to get into football when you when you grew up? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't always know exactly how. I didn't, I didn't, I knew I didn't have the patience to be a coach. So I was like, well, what's the next best way I can stay involved? And that's why I was doing, you know, video and that stuff through college. And then this opportunity came up, and I, I figured it was the next best way to get involved. And I'm glad I chose this path because I, I love being a part of a football team. So when the season starts, what is a typical Saturday like for you? It's a home game at UTEP. What do you have to do on that day as the video coordinator? Yeah, so we we I have a group of six students. So usually I'll have the most experienced students go take care. We stay at a hotel. They don't they don't stay in the dorms. 
for it. They, they stayed at a hotel kind of away from the stadium to keep the distractions away. And so um, I'll have two students over there to set up their meeting rooms and uh, um, to play the highlight video for them before they get on the, bu the bus. And then back at the stadium, I'll have my people that are filming the game. I'll have, we'll show up about three hours early and we'll get our stuff set up. We'll help the opposing team go where they need to go. And then um, I'll get all my cards and cameras ready so that they're ready to shoot when the game starts. And then um, they always feed us up in the press box. So about two hours before the game, we'll get food. And then um, we do have we do have a decent amount of downtime before the game, just because I like to get there early, get set up, and make and double check everything before we get going. And then you know about an hour before the game, we'll all meet in the office and go over everything that's going to happen for the game. And then we go out and start filming and. We have guys running cards back and forth. I'm importing. We drop cards every quarter. Just makes it easier. I know some people do it every, like after every two quarters. It just makes it quicker for me, at least, to do every quarter. And, and so, we'll, what are you doing with those cards when they drop them off? Um, I'll I'll come plug them into the computer and then import all the plays from that game um, from our sideline and our end zone camera, and then we'll intercut them together. So it's you know sideline and end zone, or well scoreboard sideline and end zone are all one play. And then um, I'll, I'll share it to the project. And then as the game goes on, the, all four quarters will be there. And then once the game's over, usually takes me about 15 minutes to get the, the whole game up for them to watch. And then, you know, the graduate assistants do their stuff then. And so you're getting the whole game up for the team to watch? Yeah, for the, for the GAs to put in the data and then for the team to watch. Usually the coaches don't watch it until the next day, but I will also upload it to the app. As we have a we have a, a mobile app for iPads and phones, so I will upload it to the app as soon as I'm finished getting it um, uploaded into the system on the computers. So if they want to watch it at home that night, they can. That's amazing. So while that game's going on, you've got people around the stadium, around the field, shooting everything, and you are just in constant edit mode, getting getting mm -hmm. compiling the video and getting it together and ready almost immediately after the game. That's that's incredible. How do, how do you have the stamina to be able to do that week in and week out? Well, I've, I've, I've done a good job of bringing in people that, that, that do really good at their job. And so we kind of have a system going now. And so it, it doesn't take very long to catch on because we'll have our sideline and end zone filmers. We'll have a, a highlight filmer on the field. We'll have a person running cards and then we'll have a person that's helping me um, upload the film. So Usually I have my person that's in the office with me uploading the film. They, they'll bring all the stuff in, and then I have to go through and mark each play that if it's offense, defense, or special teams. So the, I honestly don't really get to watch much of the game. A lot of times I'll stream it in the office just so I can see what's going on and you know not miss too much of it. But I basically get to watch like the full first quarter, and then I'm just in edit mode, and I'll get to catch like a few minutes of each quarter if I go back out to our balcony upstairs. Um in between that time, but there's not a lot of, once the game starts, it's pretty much go time after the first quarter. Yeah. You are, you are laser focused in and what you need to do. What yeah. was, what was that first game like though, uh, when you got this job and, and you had to do that for the very first time? Uh, it was, it was, it was good. It was a little stressful just because I'd never done it before, but the harder part for me was my first practice because I, this is, you know, it's my first video coordinator job and I'd never done it by myself before. I was an assistant when I was in Tennessee but I, I never had done it myself. And so there was a, it took, it took me a, a while to get practice done after, after they were done with everything and coaches were waiting around for meetings and stuff. So 
once I got that bad day out of the way, I think I was good going forward because the first game was just, you know, minor hiccups here and there. But I had already like practice done a practice game uh, during camp before that. So I had the kind of the experience of it. Do you find that you build pretty good relationships with the coaches because of that regular interaction? Do you know now kind of what a coach wants from you before they even have to ask? Yeah. And, you know, um, obviously you're not going to get along with everybody that you work with. There's, um, there's always certain people, but I, even with those people, I still know what to expect. Like I know what they're going to want, you know, because I see the, the day-to-day stuff, the calls I get for stuff, the, the requests I get, you know, I, I start to make note of stuff. I try to stay pretty organized so I don't have to stress myself out too much. And, um, it, it's pretty easy to pick up on like the tendencies of like what coaches are going to need and what, they're um what they're gonna ask for you know yeah absolutely and uh you've mentioned a lot about the film work that you do for the team do you do any other video work uh for utep football yeah i i edit our highlight videos or hype videos that they show before the game every week so when we have we all have a team meeting before the game and they'll go over they have like test questions for the players to go over their assignments and stuff for the game and then right after that we'll go into a highlight video to kind of hype the guys up for the game and um that so that that's done by me every week and we use we use film from we have a production team that's separate from me and then we also have our highlights that we shoot um a lot of times we'll have our highlights mostly for seniors that want to have stuff when they go because they have better cameras for like highlight stuff over in the production crew so we we just kind of share film and use whatever we feel is appropriate for the highlight video that's, so, um, but yeah, and, we do a lot of those highlight things too. And that's very different type of work from that film work. Do you enjoy one more than the other? Oh, I like them both. Honestly, I, I, I like that I can, I'm kind of like skilled in both of it, you know, cause I got experience editing while I was still in school and working at the jobs before this. And this one's a lot more of the film side, but I think it's good to have experience in both of them. So then you're like more well-rounded. And you get to be a little more creative with those hype videos too. Yeah, there's no, like, I mean, I do, I run them by coach if there's, like, something, like, like, we had a coach that gave, like, a crazy speech before a game to get the guys fired up one time, and someone happened to record it, and he likes, like, the music to be clean and stuff, obviously, but he, like, you know, he sweared a few times in this, but I just, I so that kind of stuff I have to run by coach, but for the most part, he's just, like, get us a video that's going to get us hyped up before the game, like, I trust your judgment on it, so... You know, I, most, I can basically be as creative as I want to with the videos. Now, did the coach let the uh, the crazy speech into the video or was he like, nah? No, he did because uh, it was, uh, I mean, he already had said it in front of the team and he said, I think that's funny that you're playing <laughs> that again at the beginning of the video. And it actually turned out pretty good when we used the audio from it. So Nice. Now, did it work? Did it fire up the team? Uh, I don't know if we won that game. I think we played. <laughs> I think we played well, but I, I don't think we won that game. So ah. I guess it didn't work good enough. <laughs> that's that's okay. That's okay. We'll get them next time. Marvin, what advice would you give to a student that maybe wants to get into athletics or football video or something like that? What advice would you give them? What should they be preparing for now while they're in school? Um. So while you're in school, you should be getting as many contacts as you can. I would I would be with any of the sports teams, talking to them, um, making as many connections as you can, because you never know who's going to, like, as far as coaches or people that work on a video team on any any sport, you never know when they're going to leave, have a job somewhere else, 
and then you might have a connection to get a job right out of college. But I would also say once you once you leave college, uh, take every opportunity that you can. That well, that's within your means. But take every opportunity that you can because it's it's really not easy to get um, to get a spot here. Like I, I I I was lucky. I had connections. I still knew people at UTEP from when my dad coached there. But that's not always the case with everybody. So I would say um, make as many connections as you can and don't be afraid to take chances once you when you first get out of college. And and if also if anyone has any questions, you know, I, I I'm always available to reach out to as well. Right on. We're going to put your contact info there in the uh, in the show notes for listeners. Okay. Are there any skills that you think students should be learning now that would put them ahead of the pack when they're applying for jobs like this? Yeah, I think that, um, and this is something that now that I see my students working, I wish I would have done. I wish I would have gotten more experience directly with the athletics team and for football specifically, learning how to use those systems like that we upload film into, learning how to use all the editing software, whether that's Final Cut, Adobe, whatever, whatever it is that you use. Make sure, I would just say, try to touch on every skill that you think you're going to need for this job going forward, I would, I would at least be like efficient in all of those. And Marvin, you did a lot of work with KBVR, the student TV station here at Oregon state. We're going to find out more about how those skills helped you get into your professional field coming up in a little bit. We're going to take a quick break more with Marvin Lewis coming up right after this. Hey, we're back. We're talking with Marvin Lewis. He's the football video coordinator for UTEP football. Now, I got to ask you a little bit about Oregon State football. You went to Oregon State. You're now working with UTEP football. Uh, they uh, had, a, had a pretty good end to last season, I thought. How do you feel like the Beavers are doing now? I think they're headed in the right direction. I think uh, Coach Smith knows what he's doing, and he's an alum, so um, really cares about the program and wants to improve it. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of it's a few like things they need to fix on the team. I think that the quarterback situation was addressed this offseason because they got that transfer from Colorado and the defense has got to continue to improve because we can't keep trying to outscore people. But I think that they're headed in the right direction and I'm happy that they beat the Ducks last year. So. Yes. <laughs> that was that was a big win. And the yeah. Beavers have come a long way from where they were when you were a student at Oregon State because things were not looking good around that time. Oh, yeah. Well, we started off good. When I was a freshman, we got up to, like, number seven in the country. It was a lot of fun my first year there having a football team be good, and then we just steadily declined afterwards. I think it went from nine and three to six and six to five and seven to two and ten. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot better since I left. And then I was I, I was mad, too, because the year after we graduated was the year, the year they beat the Ducks for the first time in nine years. Or something. So, <laughs> and you just missed like, it. You guys could have done that last year. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, when you were at Oregon State, you were a big part of KBVR. Uh, you were uh, the producer of Beaver News, the news show. Uh, tell me a little bit about why you got into that to begin with. What what drew you to the TV station at Oregon State? Yeah, so I st- actually started out as a uh, with a music production major and didn't really love the classes that I was taking at Oregon State after my first year. And so this when I went home for the summer, I was I was watching all these sports shows and like NBA TV, ESPN, all this stuff. And I was like, man, that'd be fun to kind of get involved in sports, you know, somehow. And then um, 
shortly after I said that, I got an email about anchor auditions when we came back in the uh, fall. And I was like, well, why not? You know, let's just give it a try and see what happens. And I got the spot as a reporter. So I started off as a sports reporter there. And I was just there for one semester, I think. Maybe it was a spring. I don't even think it was a fall. I think it was a spring. And then um, the producer of the news happened to leave. And um, everybody said, oh, you should, you should like try and see if you could do the producer position. And so I applied and then ended up getting it. And it was kind of, it's kind of similar to what happened here at UTEP. Like first time doing it, had not really a great idea of what was going on, but figured it out and also got experience being in Snell and in the new one. So for the two years that I was there, so I got to kind of see, you know, (laughs) the good and the bad. (laughs) I got to go from one studio to another. Exactly. Yeah. And so. But I really enjoyed it, and I think it, um, I think it helped, you know, a lot with my current job because I was kind of, as a junior in college, put into a leadership position and kind of had to figure out how to lead a team of people that were older and younger than me, and so um, I think that helped me a lot. Now, I, I mean, I, pick, I had to pick up a leadership position at a young age and kind of build off of that. Let's let's talk a little bit more about that when you became the producer of Beaver News. And you're right, you had to lead a team and organize a, a whole newscast. What was that experience like for you? It was awesome. It was uh, it was definitely a lot of learning, like on the fly. But I think that during that time, I learned how to, you know, um, and I mentioned this earlier, kind of keep it professional, but also still make it a good time. And I think I did a pretty good job of that. And I think I still do a pretty good job of that. I have a I feel like I I still keep in touch with a lot of people that I was there with at KBVR and I have great relationships with the people that I work, that work for me right now. And so I think I did a pretty good job of that and we made it as fun as we could. What helped with that transition into the producer role? What sort of things did you do to find that balance between keeping it professional, but also letting people have fun? Um, I kind of observed how it was the year before, like when I was doing reporting and um, I, I, I think I think her name was Holly. I think she was the producer before me. And I saw how she did it. And she did a like everyone liked working for her and she did a really good job doing it. And then um, I was like, well, I want that too. If I'm going to take over this role, I don't want, I don't want people to not want to do their work for me because, you know, uh, the fact of the matter is a lot of people are there sometimes for a practicum credit. You know, it's not necessarily what they want to do, but it's, you know, they have to get the credit for it. But I, I wanted people to, do it for the credit, but also enjoy it while they're doing it. And that was like my biggest goal. So I tried to hone in on that and, you know, do what I could to make it an enjoyable experience. Now you got into it initially because you're interested in sports. So what was it like having to produce a news show and go find news stories and and cover things in the community? Yeah, it was, it was a little different because uh, uh, we didn't have the, we weren't working directly with the sports show right away. That wasn't until the second year. And so um, I was the reporter for sports when I was doing my reporting. And then um, so going into the news was kind of like a learning curve, um, kind of figuring out like how they do stuff on news and where to look for stories and stuff. So um, but a lot of the times we would work like in tandem with like the barometer or other people upstairs so we could kind of, hey, what stories are you running? How could we cover this? You know, or we'd, we'd talk to like the cultural event or cultural centers around campus and we'd use resources around campus just to see whatever there was to cover because sometimes it was a slow news week and it was hard to fill up the show. So we had to do whatever we could and use as many resources as possible. What sort of skills did you pick up on the news side that helped you when you got into a professional job? Yeah, um, 
I mean, it's it's a lot different now. I mean, I guess, you know, the when I was out reporting, that would be like the most stuff that I used as far as going with this job because, you know, uh, learning how to use the cameras, learning how to use the audio, doing all that stuff. So whenever we have to shoot interviews um, with players or with, uh, you know, we have like alumni or like, you know, other professional players come in here, I know exactly how to get their mic set up. I know exactly how to light the stuff. So that like studio stuff and like reporting stuff has helped a lot with like certain aspects of my job since I left college. And you had to meet a lot of deadlines too with Beaver News. I mean, you had the the regular show that you needed to complete each week and, and fill up that show. What was that experience like having to not only find the news, but find enough of it to be able to fill 30 minutes? Oh yeah, it was tough, especially, uh, my last my last semester, I was taking 19 credits to Ooh. try and get out of there in four years. And so getting um, getting all my work done for school, all the work done for the news and then coming in and making sure that we're good to go on Thursdays. It was a, it was a challenge. But um, that that just goes back to where I had people that I trusted working for me and I knew that they were going to get the stuff done. And um, Hannah, who was our director. She she was basically director slash co-producer because she did a lot of she helped me a lot that last semester. And so um, having people around me that I trusted and that worked worked hard and got the stories done, that that helped me a lot during my last semester. What's what's kind of the chemistry of that? Like like you mentioned a, a few times now about having a team that you could trust. Mm-hmm. What do you think was it about that group that allowed you to have such a strong trust in them? Where did that come from? I think it was just how we worked together. Like we, you know, we, like I said, we made it enjoyable. We all had fun doing it and we, we kind of all clicked like right when we all met and then, and it didn't, it didn't change for two years. Like we, we brought in people that we knew were going to be a good fit for the news team. And we all just like kind of clicked together. I I would honestly say it's kind of lucky how it worked out because it doesn't always happen like that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to take all credit. I, I, I wasn't the only one that made it enjoyable. Like everybody else was, fun to work with too and i just think we got lucky and got a good team that clicked is there something about it being a live show that made a difference in terms of bringing a group together like that because you've been a part of a lot of live productions not just beaver news but also big concert events like damn jam and then of course now you know football begins when it begins each week it's got that same time Mm -hmm. is there something about being knowing that red light's gonna come on that makes people kind of rise to the challenge I think so. And I think it helps you bond too, because like you go, you guys all go through the mistakes together. You go through all the funny things that happen live together and you go through all the frustration that happens when you're live together. So I think it's like a bonding experience too, because you guys have to all go through that stuff and on a week to week basis. So you have something to talk about afterwards. I mean, I, I'm, you were around for a lot of the funny stuff that happened while we were shooting <laughs> our show during, um, during our time in the, the the SEC, so I think that um, I think it's a bonding experience too. Is there anything that you remember in terms of like stuff that maybe went wrong or, or maybe was a bit of a challenge that that created some of those bonding moments or those learning moments? Oh yeah, there was always like some funny stuff. I remember when we used to do like those uh, those anchor chats, like the quickly after like a story or something. <laughs> and there was I, I can't remember specifically, but there was always some funny stuff that was said during those. And we would always crack jokes about it in the studio after the <laughs> after the show. Um, but as far as like challenges, I remember when we were doing a sports show, we ran out of time for a story, and we felt terrible because we were trying to like rush through the stories to get it done, and we had to cut a story short. 
And so that was like one of the like frustrating things because they were annoyed that we didn't run the story. So we had to adjust. So we made it like the first story that we ran the next week. But um, again, those are the things that like, you know, you, you, you're mad at the time or you're frustrated. But then in the end, like it's a bonding experience. Like, oh, remember that time when we had to do this? Like we can go back and talk about it now and not not be upset. Yeah. And even in the moment, too, like you said, finding ways to make the most of it, where if you have a story somebody worked really hard on and then has to get cut from the end of the show, putting it on the next show or finding a way to get it online or working through it so that it's not a disappointment at the end of the show. It's something that mm-hmm. you all learn from and then carry that lesson on to the next one. I, I find that that's just a regular occurrence in kind of the work that we do in student media. Yeah, absolutely. Marvin, when you think back on your time with Beaver News and Beaver Sports Show, what are the most important lessons that you took away from your time there? Uh, I would I would go back to like my experience of kind of doing everything. You know, I got a chance to be a reporter and do all the editing, so I learned how to use Final Cut and Adobe. I got a chance to be a producer, so I had a chance to learn how to be a leader there, and then um, I got a chance to run a studio, which was like you know I going into college, I would have never thought that I would be in that position, you know? And so we got to do a lot of cool things and I got a lot of experience and that, like, that stuff was like, like, you can't put a value on that because I still, I still think back, like sometimes we'll do something and I'll be like, oh yeah, this reminds me of that time at KBVR when we had to do this. So I like just all the experiences that I got there were so good. And I think that every student should take advantage of like everything that they can there because the the upstairs there is like incredible for them to use. And especially too, when you're in a college environment, because you only have those few years that you're there to be able to do as much as you can, whenever you can, you don't really get that Mm -hmm. same opportunity when you get out of college. Uh, And, and you had mentioned this already about taking, you know, 19 credits, your final term and, and trying to do as much as you can. Did you feel it was important to take advantage of those opportunities while they were still there. Yeah, definitely. It's like you said, once you leave, like there's no more access to the student experience center. There's no more, you know, being able to walk over to the studio whenever you want and edit something or record something. You know that you gotta, you gotta rent time at a studio or you have to build your own or you gotta figure it out once you're gone. So, uh, you know, and there's still times where I'm like, man, I wish I would have done a little bit more, done this more while I was there. I think I did a lot, but it is a lot easier when you have access to that whenever you want. And so I, I, if for all the students there right now, I would take full advantage of that while you're there, while you still can. Is there anyone that you want to give any shout outs to from your time at KBVR? Uh, yeah, I'll give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to my, the, the main crew. We had uh, Kiana Hatch, who I, we're, we're still in contact that she was a, an anchor for me. Uh, EJ was also my anchor my last year. And then Hannah, who was my director for excuse me for my last uh for my last two or my last uh last year there so um you know you guys made working there a lot of fun and there's there's so many more people that were on the beaver news, news team sorry if i didn't name you guys but um you guys all made working there a lot of fun marvin i i completely agree that team uh for your years there was so close and had so much fun and made really really good shows uh so i'm proud of all of you for the work that you did not just at kbvr but but everywhere that you all have gone since and 
And Marvin, I'm particularly proud of the work that you're doing right now at UTEP. It sounds like this is a great gig that you have right now and really exciting. And I'm excited for this upcoming season for you. And uh, best of luck to you and the team and the coaches. And thank you again for coming on the podcast. Let's talk again soon. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. And if you would like to learn more about Orange Media Network, go to orangemedianetwork.com. Once again, this has been the OMN Alumni Podcast. We'll see you next time.